You are listening to episode 65. And I also would like to introduce today the Okiki Video Bootcamp. Yes, I will be launching a course, which I will have a waitlist in the show notes. And I will be launching some group coaching as well. I know there has been a lot of requests lately of people wanting to learn how can they create content for their own brands. And so I'm looking forward to bringing you along in the journey with that. If that's something that you've wanted to gain skills and techniques on, this will be for you. You'll learn systems on how to create content effectively and efficiently and have more time for yourself in the process while reaching your clients. Again, you can find the information for the Okiki Video Bootcamp in the show notes below. On today's episode, I get to interview one of the people from the Well community who I've gotten to know very well and have so much respect for, and that is Daria Malin. Daria Malin is the owner of Boost Strategic Coaching, and she has been a strategic advisor, really, for business owners and professionals in the local community of Saskatoon for over 20 years. She has so much marketing and sales and media advertising expertise to bring. But what's really interesting is that she has really looked through the successes and failures of small business and really come up with a toolkit to really help them really succeed, especially during this pandemic. She's also done public speaking and so many other things. And right now, I actually get to help and work on her YouTube videos. So as part of my video offerings, um, we've gotten to collaborate. So it's been really cool to be part of this collaboration with this community. There's uh, other ladies in the well that I get to do that with as well and just learn so much from them. So I'm really excited to share with you her story, her journey, and her expertise in today's episode. By the way, if you have been enjoying these episodes, please definitely leave us a rating and leave me a comment as well. Which episode has impacted you the most? I'd love to hear about how this has been impactful in any way in your journey at all. And on with today's episode. Welcome to the Okiki Podcast, where we make inspirational people known. Brought to you by your host, Fian O'Brien. everyone and welcome to the Okiki podcast and today I have the honor of having Daria Malin on the show. She's the CEO of Boost Strategic Coaching. 
And the cool thing is I actually met Daria during the pandemic. <laughs> I believe we met through a Zoom call. <laughs> and it's just been so amazing to connect with her through there and through the well and just see what she's up to as an entrepreneur and businesswoman and the impact she's making with businesses in the community. So I really wanted her on the show to share her story. So thank you for being here, Daria. Thanks for having me. So if you don't mind letting the audience know, how did you get into this coaching and marketing space? Mm -hmm. Well, I took my commerce degree at Edwards before it was called Edwards in Saskatoon, the College of Commerce. And from at the end of university, I was fortunate enough to get hired in media advertising right out of university. And uh, I had done some work in banking and financial services during my school years, but it wasn't where I wanted to stay. Uh, I learned a lot, but that wasn't where I wanted to stay. And so I took my marketing degree and then I got to work. I ended up working for 16 years with retailers, restaurants, and every kind of business you can think of in the city helping them with their advertising campaigns. And so it was like ongoing branding campaigns. It was promotions. It was cross promotions and really focusing on their messaging consistency so that the city knew their brand. And so everything from, you know, mom and pop shops to national brands that were locally franchised. And so then 15, 16 years in, I had interviewed thousands of business owners. We learned so much together. We saw the effect that the internet had on marketing when, you know, websites and then social media really started to play a big role. Mm. And how did that compare to their traditional media advertising that we were doing? So I got to the point where I felt that I, I wanted to work with advertisers beyond just the single lens of being their advertising piece, because there's so much to building a business beyond just putting some ads out there, spending some money to reach some people, you know? And I mean, learning how to sell over all the years I was in advertising sales was a skill set that so many professionals need and a lot never have an opportunity to learn that. So quite long story short, I saw the opportunity to get into coaching so that I could work with business owners and professionals because I could teach them both the tools of how to make your advertising campaigns work well, but also how do you build a sales process? How do you build relationships and referrals and a community and a network that grows your business? So sales and marketing were skill sets that I got an opportunity to really learn. And that's where I saw the the chance to grow into my own coaching practice. Wow. So really just drawing on just the diversity of the different businesses you got to work with, that continual process of learning their unique challenges. And then eventually over time, you're like, I think I have something here that I can really offer. So what was that process then in taking the leap? And what was your biggest obstacle in, in doing so? Man, I mean, it's like I pictured the safety net being pulled out from under me because, of course, 16 year career, you've got the pension plan, you've got the health coverage, you've got kind of a guaranteed income. And so I think that was a big, I mean, it's a risk. But then once I got out on my own and over the last few years where, you know, nothing was guaranteed, you know, over this last number of months, Mm. you know, full time jobs aren't guaranteed. I've actually changed my outlook on what that safety net is. Mm. It's not necessarily an employer because that employer could go away. The job could go away. I felt through the pandemic, my safety net is that I know how to build a business. And so even if, I mean, lots of our friends, you know, 
and some of my clients were in industries where business just went away or some of their markets just went away. And so I did feel the whole time that my safety net is that I know how to build a business from scratch. And so if I had to, I would do it again. I mean, thankfully, mm. people still needed actually even more so support with marketing and sales strategy when we were all stuck at home, <laughs> you know, so yes. our, our business actually was very fortunate to be able to support a lot of newer clients in the last number, couple of years. But yeah, that was, I guess, the biggest obstacle was just getting over that fear of what I was seeing at the time as the safety net being pulled out from under me. But just that feeling of, you know, other people can do this, I can do this, and I have the right tools and resources to be successful. That's yeah. amazing. And so yeah, I actually did want to talk about that what was your process like before the pandemic and during the pandemic of connecting with your clients? Because like mm -hmm. you said, the internet changed everything. I agree with you. There was this concept of a safety net in corporate that yeah. a lot of people realized just like in some industries, it was pretty stable, but in a lot of industries, it just wasn't there. So yeah, what was your process in actually doing that? Well, so I follow, there's four steps to my strategy and this is what i coach all my professionals on and it's really focusing on niche markets building compelling messaging that is specifically speaking to each of the niche markets so what matters to them about what you do finding watering holes i call them so places where your niche markets hang out and building a presence there and building champions so educated referral sources for that know about your business and know who you are who you are looking to work with and so those four steps, I always teach my clients, we just keep repeating them over and over again. And as the market changes and the world changes, you just have to apply them differently. So before the pandemic, I was very consistently present at physical watering holes, like uh, some key networking events that I, my network was there, my people were there. We sent each other business. We knew, you know, like we knew we'd see each other once a month and you build that top of mind awareness for people. And obviously those went away. It was never a matter of, well, I don't do anything now. It's okay, how are we gonna keep connecting? And so oh, you okay. seek out those organizations that were still doing virtual gatherings. You know, there were a few that were still doing either virtual networking or monthly seminars and things with time at the end to visit. And then from there, I made sure to keep reaching out for like virtual coffees with my network, with my champions. Mm -hmm. Last spring when it went, well, two springs ago now, gosh, um, when we were on full lockdown, every afternoon I'd go out for a walk because we're all home all day, every day. So I'd go out for a walk and I'd phone one or two of my champions just to see how they were doing, you know, see how things had been affecting them. No business specific agenda, just how are you? We normally see each other all the time. We normally are supporting one another in various ways. We can't stop talking, you know, we need to keep in touch. So yeah, so I just moved the process to online and and like yours was one, we we met with a few people on yeah, yeah. online Definitely. together. And that's exactly what I encourage all of my clients to do. And sometimes their niche markets didn't have any gatherings online. And so I encourage them to create their own. You know, why can't you get 10 like-minded people together online once a month to right. chat? And that's still the case now. Right. And I think the pandemic has actually expanded some people's businesses beyond our own community because mm -hmm. you don't have the limitations of just serving your own community when everyone can do business online. Right. So I think some of the networking kind of gatherings will continue online because now we've invited people from other markets and they mm -hmm. want to keep coming. Yeah, I like how you brought that up. And it's true. I think we're at a few virtual 
that's the first time I had met you actually yeah. too. And so yeah. that was really, yeah, it's, it is interesting how those develop new relationships. And I'm even thinking of all the new relationships that have come during the pandemic for mm-hmm. me, even as you're, as you're saying it, I'm like reflecting, I'm like, yes, yeah. it's true. So then also in that, because like you said, you just kind of took that framework that you've created and then you just transferred it to the online sphere. I also wanted to talk about how you do content creation as well, because I feel like that's something I definitely advocate that entrepreneurs do. But a lot of people don't feel like they have what it takes to be mm-hmm. there. They don't think it's their job's that interesting to, yeah. to make content about. So yeah. What kind of compelled you to go, okay, you know, I can do this. And mm-hmm. what was your process in getting into that? So we are in the information age, and I don't know if that's even the right, the, what people call it right now, but it's content age. So people don't want just fluff and ad messages. They want content. And when you're building a business, you need to build visibility followed by credibility. And then profitability comes after that. So how do you build visibility? Well, you're online consistently, but how do you make that into becoming credible with your audience? Well, you show value, you show what you know. And I think the fear used to be, and maybe still is with some people that if I tell people all the things I teach, and especially like I'm a coach, people pay me for advice very specifically, Mm. but there's a fear among some that if I share my knowledge online, people aren't willing to pay for it later. Yeah. And I actually find the opposite is true because you share your knowledge online. People go, oh, that's what this person is about. This is what they do. I want to hire them to do that for me specifically. So they, it gives you the credibility that people go, oh, this person's legit. They actually know what they're talking about. I trust them to come into my business. There's a big difference between watching free content online mm-hmm. and actually having the expert work with you to apply whatever the learning is to your specific situation. And so, I mean, this can be almost any industry. What do you know and how can you just showcase it in a, in an entertaining way or just in a direct way? It doesn't have to be flashy. If you are teaching somebody something new that will help them in their day, then you've provided value and they're willing to watch again. So that's the why behind it. And then how I did it is we start, I, I just started thinking about all of, I mean, all, all the things we talk about in our coaching every week. And we started a spreadsheet and I brainstormed 52 ideas. So for one year, and I actually started, I was at the well this one Friday afternoon, and I wrote out a whole bunch of sticky notes of just all the ideas, all the questions that people ask me all the time, all of the things that come up regularly, and all the things I think everyone should know about sales and marketing. So I put them on a whole bunch of sticky notes and then I hope people like processes because you asked how I did it. I love processes. So I'll tell you the exact process. So um, yeah, so 52 sticky notes and then I put them on the wall and I I looked for themes. What are the themes that we're covering here? And we broke them down into four themes, you know, activation and attraction, you know, like there were sort of four, some about how to specifically do it some about the why like what inspires you and why do you keep going so we have four of them and then we put them on a spreadsheet and we just started date like putting dates next to them so i have blocked off friday afternoons that's my content creation day and i always encourage people to block off a specific time each week to do this otherwise you're posting on the fly like nobody wants you to post at 2 30 in the morning or from the bathroom you know it's like that's not a plan (laughs) so So I blocked off Friday afternoons and I tried to do two videos during that time. 
I write the script for the video in advance. I have my um, content manager help me look at it to make sure that it sounds like sometimes what sounds great in my head, somebody else is like, what are you talking about? So she reviews it, we make sure it's concise. And then I record on the Fridays and then now Fian is doing my editing. So yay, Fian's <laughs> doing my editing. And then Kimberly, who does my social media and content, she takes the script from the video and she makes it into my email newsletter that goes out on Mondays and she makes it into my blog post and into social posts. So as the principal of the business, I don't believe I should be doing all those things, right? That there are other people that are better at that than me. It takes a lot of time and it's a different skill set. And so I want to make sure that what I want to teach that week is in the video script and I record that video script and then other people take over and they do all the rest of the stuff. So we try to keep on it. We're try to always be a month ahead with our posts and, and our and our videos. And we kind of all have the drive folder with, you know, each week a different video and the pictures that go along with it and everything. And then the spreadsheet that everyone shares so we can see, yes, what's drafted, you know, what's approved, what's scheduled, what's published. So that's the process. So we've done the videos almost a year now. We've done almost a year's with the videos. And now we're starting to say, you know, I want to actually play this one again from six months ago. So this summer we sent, we reposted a few just because I want people to hear them over and over again because I want it to sink in. And watching a video once doesn't necessarily stick, right? Yeah, so that's our process and it's working really, really well. And then it doesn't feel overwhelming for me when I'm serving clients, I'm speaking at conferences, I'm, you know, meeting with my groups. It doesn't feel overwhelming. Oh my gosh, I have to do my social because it's just Friday afternoons. I do my videos, I approve all the posts that have been created for us and uh, make sure that the email is scheduled after it's been drafted. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things I love about you explaining your process is I think as entrepreneurs, it is important to actually know, yeah, what is available behind the scenes in mm -hmm. publishing content. And mm -hmm. the thing is like, especially when you're a solopreneur, entrepreneur, you do need to spread things out mm -hmm. <laughs> and you do need to plan. And I know like even with this podcast, right, but people may not realize I do work with a virtual assistant to get content yeah. for the exact same reason. Yeah. So I could keep working on this and do work with clients because that's actually what I want to do. Exactly. But I really love how you talked about the process and planning and just even wanted to bring a little bit of attention on that because I have to say, Daria has probably one of the most organized <laughs> entrepreneurs I've ever seen uh, in terms of her video planning. And it's really incredible. But I did want to ask, how did you get into that? Because as much as you're like, I hope people like processes, actually processes and systems are what really help mm -hmm. entrepreneurs to thrive even more. Uh, mm -hmm. They have so much they want to offer, so much they want to do. Mm -hmm. And if they can't figure out their systems, it can often be a hiccup for their mm -hmm. actual yeah. success other than finding clients. So yeah, if you don't mind um, speaking on that as well. Just how we got built all of our systems. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, as your business grows, you need more robust systems. So it was actually early pandemic, like I said, the demand for support and coaching in group settings, in corporate settings, just it exploded. And so among our team, we could no longer run the business by email, you know, all the email conversations back and forth. It's like, oh, what, what, where did we leave this project? Who's following up with this? And then you're looking through your inbox 
And it's just, it's kind of gets to be chaos. And that worked up to that point. But when we got too busy and we had too many different projects with a million moving parts relate like on in them, you know, we knew we needed to build a bigger system. And so we moved over to Asana, which is a project management software. So now all of my team members and by team members, like I, I have my virtual assistant, I've got you doing the video, I've got Kimberly doing content and there's tech support there's you know and my my bookkeepers even in there so that you create a task and then everyone involved in it is all on the same task there's timelines you can assign a deadline you can reassign like you know i finished my piece i'm going to reassign it back to kimberly and everything's searchable so yeah and before that we'd use trello which is a you know to-do list app but then we outgrew that and slack for communications but we outgrew that so yeah, just look for what you need for where you're at, you know, like I had a client yesterday ask you, do you think I need a, a project management software or a CRM? But all he really needed to do was make sure he was connecting with his champions once a month. So I said, just put a reminder on your Outlook calendar and with your list of champions, so you don't forget anybody, don't complicate it. So. I'm always looking for what tech can solve a problem. So Asana is where we're running our whole company. We're using co-schedule to schedule social media posts. And so Kimberly puts them in and then I take a peek at them before they get scheduled. And then, yeah, the just the G Suite, you know, the, the Google Drive, the Google, all the things so that you and I and Kimberly, everybody can see the stuff together. So I've always built looked for systems because i've always felt like in a business your hair is always on fire <laughs> you know even when i was in advertising sales i had you know me and a few other ad, ad reps shared an assistant's time yeah. and we had little systems there like my i always have my assistant monitor my email and work do my calendar bookings with people mm -hmm. because that's again so I guess overall, as the lead of your business, your job is to do things that serve your clients, grow your business and grow your knowledge. Mm. Anything outside of those three things, I suggest delegating, eliminating or automating. So um, I actually on my on my website right now, I did actually write an ebook called Eliminate, Automate, Delegate. So all these little tools that we're talking about, I have them broken down into like, if you want to do bookkeeping differently, if you need a project management software, how to, you know, organize your email, I have that all in the ebook, because it gets asked so often and <laughs> private coaching calls, we talk about it a lot. So you asked, how does a person get to that stage or know what that's where I think sometimes you seek outside help. Like if, mm. you know, I work with my coaching clients on systems and processes, because if each month when we meet, they haven't reached out to anybody new, we always have to say why. Well, I was mm. too busy. Okay, why were you too busy? What were you doing that mm. took the place of actually finding clients for your business? Because all of that busy work won't exist if you don't keep bringing new clients in. So right. it's become a, a, a function of the coaching. It's really what, let's look at your business model, what you're doing, who's doing what, and where can we free up your time to do what you should be focusing on. For sure. Yeah. And it kind of becomes this like chicken and the egg situation <laughs> and yeah. where to focus and how yeah. to focus. And totally. I would assume most entrepreneurs are somewhat creative as mm -hmm. well. 
So then it can also be a matter of like, yeah, where do you focus? How do you focus? And how do you stay organized? And then like you're saying, when you have more time to do the outreach, people come in. So uh, one of the things, (laughs) this is um, pre-interview, but we were talking about how your content has actually attracted people to your Mm -hmm. business. Mm -hmm. And that's really interesting in itself, because I think I would say, particularly probably in Saskatchewan too, maybe I correct me if I'm wrong in this, but I Mm -hmm. would assume that people actually creating their content is still somewhat fresh. It's still somewhat new. I feel like it's more outgoing people that will do it um, more likely, but it's still something that people are trying to figure out. Is this something I should do? Is this something, is this Mm -hmm. worth my time? Like you're saying, will this actually results for me? Yeah. And I would say, absolutely. Like I said, people want your content for free, not to replace hiring you, but so that they understand what you do and what you know. And so I guess the biggest thing is you can be introverted, extroverted, you can want to put yourself out there or not, but we all are way more worried about what people think of us than there they are. And they're not looking at whether your like hair is perfect or your lighting is perfect. You and I were talking about lighting when we got on the call, I'm like, ah, depending on the time of day, it's different all the time. It doesn't matter. And I also say do it and then keep getting better at it. Do not wait till you think you're perfect at something before launching. I am still nowhere near perfect creating my videos, but if you look at the ones I launched a year ago, I've certainly improved from there. And I look back and I kind of cringe because I'm like, oh my God, but I put it out there. People will be like, oh, she's new at this, but I've felt that the content was valuable to the people that were watching it. And so I'd rather them watch it and me look back later and be like, how did you do your hair like that? Or like, you're clearly reading or something, you know, like it just wasn't polished, but I did it anyway. And I got better at it as I was doing it. So I guess when it comes to content creation, I really encourage you to just have progress and do the thing, jump in and then get better as you go. People aren't gonna be judging that closely. And I have bought very expensive online courses where the lady's like not even done her hair, it's wet from the shower. She hasn't even edited out the beginning and the end when she's clicking through to get to her PowerPoint. I'm in a course right now and she'll cough and like choke on and then take a glass of water. She doesn't even edit that out or her dog sparking. She doesn't even edit that out. And that's fine because wow. the content is so brilliant. That's ah. what I'm there for. I'm not there because it's supposed to be perfect, right? But right. I still laugh because I'm like, oh my gosh, when I've done online courses and my videos, I'm like really picky with, you know, yeah. the editing and making Definitely. sure that those like flub ups aren't in there. But some people like leaders in industries that are making hundreds of thousands of dollars on online stuff, they're not even, (laughs) you know, so it's better to get it out there. Yeah. Yeah. I love that for sure. It's like anything you can iterate, you can grow. I think of like how in tech, like you're always trying to improve and like, that's how people should approach it and not be afraid to yeah, put themselves out there because it will always get better. It's just, it can only go up for sure. And in light of everything you're saying, the systems you've created, the new demand that you've seen in this pandemic, where do you see this business in like five years? Mm. You know, one of the big opportunities that we've been pursuing in this last year is actually working with corporations and groups that have a whole bunch of people that need to sell 
we're actually building customized self-directed learning programs for them. So I love my one-on-one coaching. That's still my favorite, you know, like working one-on-one with somebody in their own business, like almost getting behind the curtain and being their co-pilot is still obviously my favorite. And then I also coach live, you know, small groups, like groups of partners at a law firm or, or those kinds of things. But I can't be everywhere and I want the curriculum to grow further than what I can physically be at with my hours. And so we've had a few opportunities already to create video training libraries for organizations and corporations so that their people can actually access the tools that I teach on demand whenever. And during the pandemic, people have realized they like learning this way. Even when I'll do a live lunch and learn, like I, I did one for a Western Canadian financial services company, It was in the middle of July on like a beautiful day outside and some showed up in person, like a lot did, but a lot were on holidays, but then they watched it after and then they implemented it and talked to to their managers about it. So I think people are more willing and looking for learning on demand. And so that's where I see the business going. I feel like we'll always have an element of that live group or live private coaching, but I'm excited to be able to reach more people by being able to provide these kinds of programs. So the few that we're working on for this fall, it looks like there'll be a combination of, you know, here's your learning library, plus we'll add a new video each month, but then maybe we'll do a monthly group coaching so that as you're implementing the stuff, we can give you feedback live and and answer your questions. So, So that's where I see the business in five years. I think that it'll look a little bit like this, but we'll have a lot more of our curriculum, you know, either branded to a specific organization that they use internally or, you know, to serve some of the local business organizations and such. Yeah, that's really cool. I like how interactive and dynamic that is. I'm definitely a learner that like, although I love seeing people in person, I definitely love flexibility. So that's always like my favorite style of learning. I've definitely bought courses or workshops. Mm -hmm. I'll always check if if it's recorded because if I literally can't be there, I'll check it another time and and get that information in for sure. And I guess my last question for you is what do you value the most about the position you're in today? I truly believe that everyone who starts a business really truly has something good to offer their markets, their whoever they are looking to serve. But so many of them stay best kept secrets just because they don't know how to effectively connect with the people who should be buying from them. So I see my role as just getting to teach the tools. Anybody can learn them. Everybody can learn how to sell, build relationships. It doesn't have to feel like cheesy or like yucky sales. It's just you connecting with the people who should be buying from you and genuinely sharing with them what problem you can solve for them and how you can do that. So I think what I love best is that I got to learn this over the years. And so I now get to share it with other business owners and professionals. So I work with entrepreneurs, especially service-based entrepreneurs, but I also work with like technical professionals, you know, professional Mm -hmm. service providers, everybody from, like I said, uh, investment advisors to lawyers to, I I work with an architect. So people who need to find clients and maybe didn't get to learn that skill set in school. So I get to teach them those simple tools and then I get to be part of their world and keep them accountable to following through 
through on the work that they need to do to hit their goals. So that's, I guess, what I like the most about it. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Daria, for sharing your story yeah. and sharing your obvious passion for really serving entrepreneurs and seeing them thrive and, and encourage them to really, you know, keep going and keep going after, yeah. <laughs> after their goals. Yeah, uh, yeah. Just thank you for sharing your value today on the Okiki podcast. Thank you for having me. It was fun. And also, where can the audience find you? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I invite people to join my little online community at boostcoaching.ca. If you sign up on the blog page, then my vi weekly video tips come out on Mondays. That Eliminate, Automate, Delegate book is also, it's just a little ebook. It's available on there for free. And then, you know, Instagram at Boost Strategic Coaching, LinkedIn, Daria Mallon. Yeah, wherever they want to connect with me, um, they'll be able to find me. Awesome. Thanks yeah. so much again. You bet.